Hmm. It's All never right. going to be perfect. <laughs> nope, it's not. And like your Hulk Bajur and Taxons, if you've managed to find some earbuds, welcome to the Wonder Year. For all your Animorphs rereading and eventual rewatching needs, I'm Sarah. Hey, nice. I- I'm Blair. <laughs> and I'm Seda. Our, <laughs> our special guest, Seda. Huh? <laughs> yep, that's no, me. Literally, no time has passed, is the thing. Um, we exist in a quantum yeah. state. You guys are the weird ones. The listening audience uh-huh. are the weird ones. Mm hmm. Uh, right yep we're we're just doing yeah this we... is actually going to be the fastest we've ever released two episodes i wasn't gonna say anything about it because i was i worried i was worried i was gonna make you feel bad oh you you definitely would have um i already do <laughs> no it's we fine. love and cherish you say that say that say that we love okay. and cherish you and i very much appreciate the fact that you do the editing for this podcast and yeah it's we don't i don't need the i don't need positive reinforcement (laughs) right now i feel pretty shit so (laughs) that's fair i will maybe uh hit you up for that when i have a have a little bit of distance from this (laughs) um regardless though um it's been so crazy at least in my life because i'm sitting in an apartment that i just moved into two weeks ago with no internet for two weeks so uh-huh. um, uh the chaos the chaos is real it's infected our lives um uh-huh. and uh we're valid i guess is what i have to say here <laughs> today <laughs> is that we're valid and um no jury on earth can convict us and yeah. god loves us basically <laughs> It's like to the point where, so we were supposed to start recording at 8, and then at 7.45, I was like, having already confirmed that I could do this at 8, uh, at 7.45, I was like, hey, y'all, I just realized I didn't read the book, Um, (laughs) which I don't know how that um, escaped me. Uh, I don't know how that happened. I don't know how that happened. I don't know how that happened. It kind of happened to me, too. Because I I woke up this morning realizing I hadn't read the book, and then I'm like, oh no, I work for eight hours, um, so I had to again download one of those audio record like the uh, text to speech sort of things, um, uh-huh. sort of, uh, and just listen to that at work, uh, which is fun because it's just nonsense. It's just nonsense for two hours, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, so we've all gone on a journey. <laughs> yeah, we have. I have a new lizard. Oh yeah! Yep. <laughs> oh my I don't gosh! Think I, I, don't think I, had this, I don't think I had this lizard at the at the time of last recording, but I'm not 100 percent sure. I do not think you did. But yeah, his um, name is Smile. You you've certainly had the most productive update, I think. <laughs> yeah. His, his name is Smile, and he's a little boy. Nice. What kind of lizard? Uh, just another beardy? Oh, or? it's another beardy. Have you not seen the pictures of him I've that seen, I post every I'm day? Just, I don't know lizards. It's just like, oh, it's a lizard. So I'm like, ah, it looks like a lizard. I couldn't tell you the difference <laughs> between lizards. <laughs> it's all lizards, baby. <laughs> uh, what else? Um, my parents got a puppy and it made Seda cry. Um, mm, yeah, very small. 
It's a, such a small dog. I, say that, say that. I do not blame you. I came very close to I I am nowhere near as like tear. I do not have the same proclivity to tears that you do. He yeah. still almost brought me to tears. I just, there's now one of the only pictures of somebody crying at a wedding I was at recently was me, a picture of me holding up a very small spoon that has a very, very small teapot at the end. And I'm like, obviously crying while I'm holding it up. Um, I just, I I get really like, I just have like such a physical response (laughs) to to any given emotion. (laughs) It's your charm point. It's what yeah. makes you moe. <laughs> uh, but I can tell you the one the one thing that all three of us have in common for since the since the last time we did an episode, I can tell you the one interesting development. Huh. We all read oh. an Animorphs book. Oh yeah. Some of us more recently than others. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I was reading the last ten the last ten pages as I was setting up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hey, it's all. See, it's I all... could have, I could have used some of this solidarity when I was in the group chat. Like, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me. <laughs> I was finishing it up, and then I got that text, and, and I, I was like twenty pages out from the end. I got that text, and I was, and I got that text from you. Know, I was like, oh, cool. I can just wait to finish the last twenty pages. I'm gonna play Celeste for a little bit, and then I got the text that was like, hey, all set. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Let me set up. And you really did speedrun. I mean, we don't have to linger, but you did speedrun the hell out of that. So <laughs> I really did. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm genuinely impressed. You knocked it out in like about an hour. About less, an hour, honestly. yeah. A little less than an hour. Um, so let's let's uh, get right into it. Why don't we? So um, the, the most important segment. How y'all feel about this cover? I love this cover because the tiger's oh got a little belly on him. Let yeah, me that's like, that's like a <laughs> Yay! Let me look directly at the tiger belly. I also mm-hmm. just like Jake's like neon green ass like cover DVD cover of a holi- of a Christmas movie fucking shirt. Hey, oh yeah. yeah, I was like I was going to be like, "Hey, Sarah, what kind of Christmas movies are you watching where this cover looks like the DVD cover of a Christmas?" <laughs> <laughs> but I'm um, sure I'm sure both I'm sure both of you saw that tweet going around that's like that uh that the the fucking the, what's oh, the website where you Hallmark? log movies. Oh, uh Letterboxd. Letterboxd, yeah. The Letterboxd thing that's just like Christmas movies with heterosexual couples wearing red and green shirts on the cover. Yeah. 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 And it was like, it was like at least 80 movies long. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, um, heterosexual people be like... Can't relate. Can't. Um, cannot relate. I love the expressions on number one and two of this cover because yeah, like, jake's jake's got kind of that like accidentally made eye contact with you on the street smile going he's on the, he's making he's making the polite cat face he kind of is making the polite cat face and then in the second one he's just going ah <laughs> oh that boy loves to yell that's yeah. my internal reaction to encountering to making eye contact accidentally but i do just like how it's just like it just from mm, ah, ah, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> very good. Uh, God, this is. I also love how like the hair is still kind of there on the fourth picture. So yeah. like, it kind of looks like a tiger wearing a toupee. It does look very much like that. It, you know, it looks hairline. like someone's persona is what it looks like. So it, 
does. And this 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 is my persona from an alternate universe where I never realized that I'm a girl. This looks like a office worker persona. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks like the persona of someone who's in accounting, for sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Slap some, slap some like, thick-rimmed glasses on that tiger's face. You've got, like, Greg down in accounting down pat. For sure. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, this fucking book uh, kind of sent me a little bit, I have to say, because... Uh, we. This is another Eliminist, the Dist book. Sure is. <laughs> um, which are always the craziest. Uh, at least plot-wise, they're always the craziest. Um, wherein the Eliminist is like, "Hey, I'm versus this dude. I've got a thing with this dude." Like mm-hmm. they're at it. They're at like a play like they're watching the lion king live yeah okay so this is they're like all watching it's like there was like a touring group from the lion king Mm -hmm. like broadway show and a bunch of the performers came in to do like a show and everybody's acting like this is uncool and maybe that's what most kids would think i at any age would have murdered my classmates to have that be possible (laughs) i would have loved that like, yeah. that's amazing. The Lion King is such a good show, and the costumes are so cool. It has been far too long since I've seen it, and I consider myself very lucky that I've been able to see it twice. I only, I've only, I only saw it once. I think maybe I was like eleven. And also remember that for oh, I always think about that concept of an animorph stage musical in the guise of the Lion King. So yeah, that's you, intersecting, you think about that? baby. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure I've mentioned it. I think about it all the time. Yeah, Sam has <laughs> definitely mentioned it. Uh, maybe, was it pre-me being back on the show? I don't know. Potentially. Maybe. Potentially. Um, it's, it's a very strong concept, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, this book has, so I think that this is one of the Jake books where I've gone, oh, oh, honey, the most. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Because Jake's. It all starts with Jake having a like recurring nightmares. He um is talking about he has like a nightmare with the yerk that died inside of him, um mm-hmm. of having seen all of the memories of the yerk as he was dying, and he gets the line, "I was the caretaker of those memories of despair." Like and I was like, "Darling, Jacob, <laughs> Jake, honey, Jacob, uh, last and name." And then yeah, but Jake, yeah, last like name. he's he's. Very much just like he's very much having a dream about the eye of Sauron staring into his soul. Yeah, and then he yeah, yeah then he has fucking much. sleep paralysis with a floating eye. Um yeah. who, who like menacingly calls says to him soon and he's like, Okay, I guess this is my life now. Yeah, <laughs> then and then he, he goes like then... <laughs> immediately cut to the Lion King performance where Marco's sitting a couple of rows ahead of him, mm-hmm. purposefully like wiggling his ears. Yeah. Trying to make Jake laugh so that when Jake laughs, Marco can be like, Jake, shh. I love Marco so much. Marco had some good Marco had some good shit in this book. Really Marco did. was was firing on all cylinders in this book. Um, yeah, absolutely. Oh, he can wiggle his ears, God. He can wiggle his ears. And to comedic ends. I love him so much. Hey, not really to be controversial, like but <laughs> Sunboy allowed. Sunboy allowed. He's doing it on. He's doing it to the beat too. Oh, right? absolutely. I 
like, oh. 100%. I mean, like, I think that's canonical. Not, 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 only is he, not only is he doing it to the beat, but I... This is me ascribing too much to Marco, but, like, I feel like he may have seen The Lion King somewhere before. Or at least, like, think... wanted to. Maybe not. Maybe Do he didn't you... get a chance to because of his dad, but, like, I think he may have wanted to have seen it. He's like, oh, fuck yeah, but he's, like, playing it cool, like... Cool, Lion King. I like that. Do you movie. think? Do you think Marco likes musical theater? And if and and if yes, how much? Because I'm saying yes in a lot. Marco is a Marco is a Marco is a theater kid, and the only evidence we have proving that, and the only evidence we have against that is that we have not seen him be invested in theater because he is, for all intents and purposes, a very much a theater kid. I just I I think he is an improv kid i was oh. i was thinking that too distinct from theater kid but um just as intense and annoying in a whole other way <laughs> yeah i think he well, i think he's an improv kid um in practice but like a theater kid like in media he consumption plays, like sure you know? i yeah i don't know i feel like I, I don't know if i i how i think of him thinking of musicals I think that he would like to be in them, but wouldn't necessarily like to consume them. Sure. Well, because he just likes attention on him. Yeah, he would love yeah. to play all the like comic relief characters. There's, I'm, I'm like trying, I'm casting him in my head in all of the musicals I've ever been in, uh-huh. and it's a really good time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of time, time freezes. Oh uh, yeah, because the fucking yeah, Elemist is here. Jake, the smartest man in the room, like everyone around him realizes what's going on, and then like, oh yeah, Mark and Mark was like, yeah, it's probably him again, and Jake's like, who? Who is it? <laughs> I love him, <laughs> and he's the leader. Um, that's okay. You know what? We love him, and he's valid. Uh, yeah. So the <laughs> element Elemist pops up in the form of. A uh, twelve-year-old girl named Beth? Question mark Is that her name? It's Beth, right? Yeah. Um, who has braces, and, she, and he's all like, "Hi, I wanted. I have a humble request for you." Thinking back on the rest of the book, and like, you know, dramatic irony. Okay, dude. Yeah. Uh, holy shit, dude. <laughs> um. So I took a humble form, uh, which is this twelve-year-old like classmate of. Theirs. I feel as though this is the least humble thing he's ever outright asked them to do. Yeah, no, for sure. It's like, <laughs> hey, change the course of history for me real quick. Thanks. Basically, the Elemist is like, hey, Jake, you know how you've been having those dreams where, like, a weird guy looks at you? And he's like, uh-huh. And the and the Elemist is like, well, when the Yerk died in your brain, you peered across the line between life and death. So now you can see beyond human limitations. So basically, you've been... Uh, being visited by my enemy Kryak, who is a time fascist that wants to destroy everything across all time ever, except for one race that he controls. Dope. I. <laughs> this book is so much. Okay, I. This book is like the the conceit of this book is like so much, but I love the main aliens in this book. What are they called? Like escorts or something like that. Is um, is is court is court is court yeah oh oh escort yeah court escort yeah but but that's yeah that's the pun I'm pretty sure um but yeah they're escorts I, they're wild um, they're so they're, funny <laughs> there's 
Okay, there's a moment here where Jake is talking about, like, all the other shit the Elemist has done. Um, and one of the things he brings up is Elfanger being brought back in time uh, to, but also being Tobias's dad. So I guess they know that he's Tobias's dad, but I think this is the first time it's been brought up in the main series. Is that right? Um, I, I think, think you are right. I, I think it's the first time it's been brought up by someone who is not, t- I think it's the first time it's been brought up, mentioned by someone who is not Tobias. Yeah. Okay, because it's an insane way for the audience to get introduced to this knowledge if they didn't read, if they only read the main series. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can remember. Um, yeah, basically there are going to be chess pieces in this cosmic war against the Cryak, uh, where the Elemist is like, you're going to be my seven warriors. And they're like, we're only six. And then they learn that they're supposed to fight the race called the Howlers, which I did not remember, but they were the aliens that destroyed the Pimolites, who were the ones who created the chi okay which is i don't Eric. know if they were mentioned by name when we first like i remember that specific thing being mentioned i'm pretty sure they were their names their name did ring familiar yeah i know i i only remember that because it later someone's like who are the howlers oh yeah <laughs> and it gets explained and i was like oh yeah 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 uh, yeah. Also, yeah. Uh, also also um cassie says the word fuck and i'm very proud of her well, she's implied to say the word fuck. She, um, she says the word fuck. Um, not textually, but yes. Specifically, uh, the line is, that's six, Cassie said. He needs seven. We're just six. That's not what he means, is it? The Elma said nothing. Cassie said a word I've never heard her use before. Then, you want us us to be your champions? So, Cassie says fuck. Uh, let Cassie say fuck Cassie on screen. <laughs> Don't bleep her out. She's she's a woman with her own verbal autonomy, and she deserves to say fuck, even if she is it's twelve true. years old. Um, I've been watching, I've been rewatching a lot of Monster Factory lately while I go to sleep. Um, so first of all, it made all of the aliens really hilarious because I could only think of them as like spore creations. Mm-hmm. But also, when Eric like appears when they're all trying to decide, like, should we do this, like. The Cryak want basically the the stakes are seven howlers versus the seven kids, six kids and Eric. Uh, they have to fight I the howlers. Love Eric, by the way, if Eric is the best, and basically Eric is if, such a good if, character. if the howlers win, then the howlers get to kill all the escort, and if they don't, then they don't. Which okay, um, yeah. <laughs> But Eric appears while they're trying to, like, decide this, because as always, the Elemist is like, it's your choice. And uh, Jake is like, Eric appeared, a normal-looking boy. (laughs) I just kept hearing, like, Justin McElroy, like, a normal boy. (laughs) He's he's just not used to a normal boy when the boy who normally appears is, like, acts as, like, just, like... Uh, like in the text always described as like disgustingly beautiful face or whatever the fuck uh-huh oh but my he god just yes. eric and he's like, oh, that's a, that, he just sees eric and he's like oh that's a normal boy's face that's but really it's boy. that's a boy that's the face of a boy i am not in love with axe is yet again described as weirdly attractive every yeah time. every time there's some there's some great jake axe action in this oh, book this is really a phenomenal is. book for that yeah 
Um, also, uh, I'm, this is way, way in the end, so we can we can ruminate it on it when we actually get to it. But some really interesting uh, Jake Marco stuff as well. Um, Very, <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, I, I highlighted that. You know I did. Yeah. Um, um, but so they're... Uh, they're just like arguing in the uh, in the in Cassie's barn, and Marco never Marco stopped uh, drinking his respecting women juice because he wants Cassie to just and Rachel to just wear bikinis. Like, well, they're is... talking about fighting. They're like, yeah. "Oh, should we fight?" And then Marco's like, "Why don't you and Cassie fight in just bikinis?" And then Rachel just grabs him by the hair and is like. What were you saying, Marco? I couldn't hear you. Oh, by the way, this is like shortly after Rachel just broke a boy's finger in the auditorium because he kept Mm. trying to hold her hand. And so she just like broke his finger. Oh my God. I love her. I love Um, her so much. Feminism uh, is real. Uh, just just a quick quote from Marco here while his while his uh, hair while his scalp is in the grasp of Rachel. I refuse to answer on the grounds that you may tend to snatch me bald. Marco would just say wig in wig. current day. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Let Marco say wig. But um I just wanted to comment again, like I know it's just like I know this is just like every episode now, but like again Marco's like, this is what heterosexuality is, right? Two women in bikinis and they're fighting. It's so goofy. Yeah. <laughs> he he overperforms heterosexuality more than the character who is ostensibly attracted to another woman, which is to say uh, Jake. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> you know. It's so much. It's just so, so much. Egregious. Um, and so basically as soon as they're like, yeah, I guess we should do this so that the escorts don't all get destroyed, they're immediately transported to this fucking Lorax-ass the Weasley's burrow world where everything's <laughs> built and made of lots of colors. Lego I blocks, know. I believe are the words used. Yeah. Lego blocks, but also like discount Diplo blocks or whatever yeah. they're called. Duplo, Duplo, I think. Duplo. Yeah. I, yeah, I think, I think Diplo's a musician. I think Diplo is a musician. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we meet, we meet the Iskort who are, Nuts. Yeah. Um, this is. So I, I know I say this about. I know I say this about every alien race that comes up. I think the escorts might be my favorite in the like the entire series. Okay, but these legit have some Star Wars vibes to them. These guys. I know. You know? Oh, for sure. It took yeah. me a long time to warm up to them. I really hated them for the first little while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I don't think that these are adding anything interesting to my life. Um, <laughs> but it ended up that I find their economy and like their like uh, overly bureaucratized. I love space bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. So they're like overly bureaucratic society with a hundred different guilds that all rule over specific things it ended up getting to me. Um, <laughs> it's so fun. It is so fun. But can I just run down a quick description of their physical description oh it's horrible yeah go for it okay they have heads like vultures that come off of flat oval shoulders like a like a plate that has their head on it they have two arms and they're three jointed they have a tentacle finger and two claws and then their legs look like they go backwards um they're thick they've got a prehensile toe and two claws their torso is made of a thing that while they're moving or talking 
uh, sounds like it like moves like an accordion and yeah, emits a whine that sounds like Fran Drescher. Specifically, <laughs> um, Fran Drescher on the nanny, just to be clear. In case yes, that this is a procedurally generated alien. It's <laughs> wild. <laughs> There's yeah, a this great is... moment where, like, immediately Rachel's like, you know when you meet someone and just hate them? And Cassie's like, no. <laughs> and then Cassie, Cassie says, I didn't until now. Yeah. Um, and and they, meet... like, they're always trying to buy stuff. They're like, hey, can I buy your finger? Can I buy your memories? Uh, can I? And then they sell Rachel's hair, mm-hmm. uh, which Eric cuts because he used to be Catherine the Great's hairdresser. Yeah. I love Eric. <laughs> Uh, Cassie oh. does immediately comment on how uh, good uh, Rachel's short hair looks. And can yeah, I just course. say, um, sure. Rachel with a bob uh, mm. is oh. kind of like an amazing Peak. concept. Like I, like I'm just thinking about it now. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really I think that this is one of those things where like at first she's gonna be like, oh no, my hair's so short, but then she's gonna realize that uh, it like unlocked her true power. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like hell yeah. Um, As if we, we weren't we... ever gonna get a scene where Rachel like cut off her own hair with a sword, you know? Oh Come yeah. Come on. I'm I'm very much waiting for Rachel's Zuko moment. <laughs> oh. um, um, but getting a need... robot to do it is almost as good. We meet. Yeah, that's great. We meet um, my new favorite character. <laughs> oh, are you talking about okay. guide? <laughs> yes. Um. Uh, by the way, this is a this is like a side thing. This is something that you guys wouldn't like know, but uh, this just kind of was funny to me because um, there's a card in Magic called Goblin Guide. Uh, it's a very popular and expensive card. But um, the reason that I bring this up is ju- isn't because the na- word guide is in the name. But also because the uh, flavor text is a quote from the Goblin Guide in question, and it just it rang very much like this to me. And the quote is, "I've been all over this world. I even remember some of those places." Yeah, oh, this... I hate Guide. You hate I Guide. Love him. I I yeah, mean he's can't... he <laughs> he's like a he's like a stupid shithead. But yeah. like, I feel like I he's see a the stu- appeal. Kindred like, spirits. I I understand <laughs> it. Like I could see a universe where i would have like at least enjoyed him as a character uh but i just didn't uh and that's fine (laughs) yeah you know what it's extremely fine because i uh, on the other side of that coin i totally get where you're coming from um and could have been easily rubbed uh uh the wrong way and been uh uh i i get get where you're coming from seda but like i think that there is something in me that is just like preternaturally bred to just love this kind of character <laughs> this kind of like almost this like fast talking like side character who gets swept up in all of the action and he's just like being dragged along by like his fucking arm at the for everything just because he got wrapped up with the wrong people and he's just no but he's more fucking... of a tour guide That's... is the thing is yeah. I, kind of I don't think he's getting dragged along at all if anything, he he's dragging them later, later on. He later on he kind of is because he right. can make lots of money off of them. <laughs> yeah, like he got wrapped. He 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 got and he he wound up in something that is way above his pay grade, and that's just the kind of character that I like to see. Um, I think. It, I mean, it's... I usually do too, but I think I just I conceptualize this character very differently than you do, uh, because I don't I don't agree with any of those assessments. But I I I totally get it. I totally feel that uh for I, that type of character i just don't i just didn't see him that way 
Yeah, I feel like it's, for me, it's more the fact that he is an opportunistic shithead tour guide. Which, <laughs> which is like, it, it completely, like, through the whole, th- the reason why he puts himself through all of this is because he's an opportunistic shithead tour guide. But he's also like, he keeps saying things like, Oh, we can't take the elevator because that would because who wants to see memories of people being in an elevator? And I'm like, that was yeah. that was the point at which I admitted that I liked the species because before then I was kind of like, eh, and then that's when it all clicked for me was when because this whole time they're talking about buying memories and selling memories, and then the guy the, every, the kids are all like, there were elevators this whole time, what the fuck? And he's like, well, like. It's not as scenic. Who's going to buy the memory of an elevator? And I was like, okay, I like this species. I think yeah. this is a good species. Yeah. Um, um, but so they run into a howler uh, pretty mm-hmm. much right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and they end up fighting in their human bodies. And it's really funny because Jake's like, I've been in more fights than I can count. I'm not very good at throwing punches, though, because usually I'm an animal. <laughs> and it's like, oh, no. Oh, no. And the Howlers basically sound like they're the thing, but obsidian with a rotating plate, like at the waist and wearing a lot of belts with a lot of guns. Mm-hmm. Does that sound right? Um, I, kind, <laughs> I think I completely missed the description of them. So they were kind of just a black void in my mind whenever anyone yeah. was talking about them. So that sounds about yeah. as right as anything else. <laughs> to me, oh. they just kind of looked like the... Um... Oh, what the fuck is... I know neither of you played Mass Effect, but, like, it's one of the alien species from Mass Effect that's gonna bother me if I can't look it up. I want to say the Geth, but let me double-check that to make sure that I don't get tweets. There's... Um, I, a lot of this book I was writing about D&D comparisons, because it just... I, I don't know why this one particularly felt like... I was indeed picturing the Geth. A, a, D, a D&D like, campaign? I was actually thinking the exact yeah. same thing the entire time. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. like... Eric is, like, such a, like, DM player character, which I mm-hmm. thought was really interesting when when there was the moment where Jake was, like, or when they're all talking about how, you know, Eric has all of the information, but he can't do any of the fighting, which is, like, the perfect, like, NPC sort of thing mm-hmm. that's, like, with the party. And the mm-hmm. Howlers basically have a spell called Dissonant Whispers. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they just scream. A, I just scream, and they're basically doing psychic damage, which is exactly what Dissonant Whispers does. I'm just, mm-hmm. I, I just, I'm thinking. Well, they're also doing like, physical I'm... damage. I'm pretty sure because. Oh yeah, Axe's Axe's eyes do bleed at one point. <laughs> yeah. I'm very oh. much thinking about that that like one YouTube video that went around on Tumblr in like 2014, 2015 or so. You may not you you may not have come across this, but are either of you familiar with the video of the most brutal death metal scream of all time? I am not, but maybe oh. I can imagine it. <laughs> It's just, it's it's a video of, like, some really weird-looking, like, thrash metal dudes, and they're, like, it's, like, the opening guitar riffs, and then the guy opens his mouth, and it just, all that comes out is, uh, <laughs> and that's what, I, that's what I imagine the Howlers are doing. Same <laughs> it's energy. It's, like, really strong. Same energy. Um, um, so during this fight, it's brutal. It's, it's seven against one. Eric, just as a reminder, is programmed for nonviolence is not able is not allowed to ever put anything in harm's way um so mm-hmm. he's not allowed to help them fight but he tries to like describe their situation as objectively as he can so that they can escape and during this fight axe ran away and so when jake comes to having taken a little while to like resuscitate axe is like standing in the corner and won't talk to anyone <laughs> 
He's such a moody uh, teenager. He is a I'm bitch, sad. and I love him so much. Yeah. And this is when the escort buys their memories of the battle, or is, is given the promise that he will be able to buy their memories of the battle, which is imp- like, oh, I think that we just made this escort Bill Gates. Like, <laughs> this escort's going to be rich as fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how the memory thing, like, immediately uh, becomes very plot relevant, not only because they're selling their memories, but because Eric downloads the Howler memories so that they can try to learn more about them. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, like, really sad. <laughs> um, yeah, because the first, mem- the first memory that Eric loads up is uh, the, like, he loads it up for everyone to see, and it's, like, the the Howlers, like, screaming at these, like, child... What, what What's the race called? Gumby. Again, they said they were look like Gumby. Yeah, Graffin's Gumb- children. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they did say it looks like Gumby, which is very funny, because Jake just laughs and says the word Gumby. Yeah. They're, it's Graffin's <laughs> children. They're like a peaceful rainforest species that looks like Gumby. Yeah. But also Eric, when he downlo- downloads these memories, gets uh, memories of the Pimalites being destroyed. Um, yeah. So he sees his creators all being killed. And Jake is like, oh, shit. Can you delete those memories? I'm so fucking sorry that I made you download all of these. And Eric's like, no, I can't. But uh, li- life, life goes forward. So... <laughs> It's like, holy shit. <laughs> oh, oh, Eric. I love him so much. I know. <sighs> they keep talking about how, like, um, well, Jake keeps mentioning, like, oh, I wonder if this exposure to humans for all these years, like, it gave him, like, these sort of, like, despite the fact that he's an android, like, he's super expressive anyway. And mm. I was just like, I love robots. I love robots so much. I know. <laughs> And this is pretty much where we get Jake using Axe's full name because he's in trouble. Because uh, yes. the Owlers find them, but they all like turn into flies. Sorry, sorry. I think you just called them Owlers, and now I'm just thinking about them with like just the exact same creature but with owl heads. And I'm not trying to rag on you for your pronunciation. I'm just well, thinking you, about you are. The... <laughs> Sorry, I apologize for that. I, my my intent in pointing that out was to not laugh at your pronunciation, but more to just laugh at the concept of howlers, but they have owl heads. I think that'd still be very scary. Owls are very scary animals. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, the owls that Sita uses for owl posting, those aren't scary. They could be. Uh, I mean, they're they terrifying, but I love them. Yeah. Um, what's, the, what's the owl face when you when you see an owl and you're a little bit terrified, but you still love it? Can you find me that image, Sarah? Sure, you want me to do that while we're on the podcast? (laughs) No, when you get a chance later, though. Owl pictures. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Real-time owl memes. (laughs) Okay, putting that one in the show notes. Real-time owl memes. That's the thing about the great new owl meme, is that it can come up at any time. (laughs) It's like a sneak attack, but with owls. Mm -hmm. So... Maybe not better or worse, but just the same as yeah. a regular sneak. Anyway, and this that sentence was going nowhere very fast. Um, so yeah, so um, to what you were talking about, the howlers come in and uh, uh, everyone's like morphing into flies because Axe is like because Jake is like we gotta morph, we can't do this, no battle morphs, just fly morphs. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
Axe is being a fucking martyr because he's like, I ran away last time. I can't (laughs) run away again. I'm like, honey, Uh, baby boy. uh Uh, (laughs) And then, like you said, Jake fucking pulls rank on uh, on Axe. And it's um, kind of incredible. (laughs) Um, It's amazing. And he uses Axe's full name. Like he's just like saying, I can't even remember Axe's full name. Axe Axmil 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 And he says the whole last thing, and then it's like, "You call me Prince. You say you believe it, so I'm giving you a direct order. Morph now." Uh-huh. And it's like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> and then Axe's eyes start bleeding because he isn't fully morphed when the Howlers start yelling. Ah, uh, it's a lot. And then it is a like. Lot. <laughs> then we get just pure marco they're like they're about to kill axe who hasn't fully morphed yet and so markic just starts like um negging them with with think talk what's it called mm-hmm. uh thought speak. thought speak there we go <laughs> um you you were pretty much right <laughs> pretty close pretty close to both words like marco just starts being like hey you howlers fucking suck the krayak ain't shit don't uh we're better than you just like but being really rude and so they get distracted and then this is one of my favorite moments in the book eric escapes by just creating a hologram of a wall and standing (laughs) standing behind it He's a very smart and talented boy. (laughs) i love the image of the howlers that are like firing gunshots everywhere trying to find these flies that they don't understand and eric is described as just standing calmly behind this behind the hologram of a wall it's so funny it's so good um his holograms very come very in, good come in a lot of handy in this book yeah they do he makes like as they're escaping he makes a hologram of a guard patrol around guide um and of course, Rachel's like, "Oh yeah, cool. Of course, we're safe as long as we hide in a hologram. <laughs> Whatever." And it's like Rachel. Rachel, <laughs> <laughs> you almost you got shot in the back as a bear. You gotta calm down, Rachel. Yeah. You yeah, Rachel. You almost died. Please chill. And this is oh Zelda. Come on, babe. Uh, sorry. There's a cat on my laptop. Um. And this is when we find out that the Iscord are actually two species. This blew my mind. This is a really good reveal. Um, Yeah. The Iscord are the Isk, which is the body, and the Yurt, which is a Yurk. And basically, this separate, like, diverging species of Yurks called the Yurt created the Isk to live in symbiosis with them, and they can't survive without the other. And that's Mm -hmm. cool. (laughs) That is cool. Um, I was thinking about Venom the whole time, though. Uh, <laughs> as soon as Axe realizes he almost cuts off Guide's head. He sure does. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't blame him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is, they they basically learn, like, this is the reason that they're supposed to save the Iscort is because it shows that um, there's an alternate time there's an alternate um future for the yurks where they realize that conquering species isn't the answer and they can actually Mm -hmm. just like make their own bodies and not be fucking weird about it right (laughs) don't they cannot be freaks for once in their life um Um. and marco keeps making fun of eric for being programmed to do no harm which is not fair (laughs) it's not 
did not choose this. <laughs> yeah. He's trying his best, and he's a very good boy. And Eric, like, saves their lives several times, and Marco's still like, oh, yeah, whatever, fine. You didn't, you didn't even punch anyone. <laughs> it's like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Marco, he's just a rude, he's just a rude boy. Yeah. He's just a rude little man. And at this point, they're in their, Mar- their but, third but, 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 hideout. Hold on. I, That's- I need to rewind just a little bit. Um, so, Marco is a manlet. We, that's correct, yes? Well, he's also a child, but he will grow into a manlet one day, yes. <laughs> one day? He, he, he doesn't know it yet, but he's done growing. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna um, be down at five foot four forever. No, 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 he fully hit is a that growth manlet spurt. Height? Five foot four, yeah, I would, uh, people, people who are, like, really generous say it's, like, anything under five nine, but I'm, like, whatever. Uh, it's, yeah, under five five for me is manlet height. Um, mm-hmm. uh, no, Marco hit a growth spurt when he was like nine that shot him directly up to five, like four, and then hasn't grown since. Um, so yeah. he was very, very tall as a child, and now he's just going to be short forever. So that's my, that's my rock fact. Anyway, back to the book. <laughs> there, right, um, the show notes too. Rock facts. They're in their, um, third hideout at this point and the yep. howlers find them and i laughed out loud at this line they realize that the howlers are there and basically they're in sort of like a sanctuary and there are all these like attendants uh, i think it's called the servants guild or something like that and mm-hmm. in the middle of the chaos the the attendants run in and they're like oh we're sorry are the guests clinging to the outside of the building disturbing your rest <laughs> it's like yeah <laughs> yeah they're coming to kill us thank you and they're putting like bug uh-huh. poison into the thing mm-hmm. yeah they suck the howlers are bad <laughs> the howls are bad <laughs> um, but the moral of this book is like maybe they're maybe good. they're not yeah <laughs> it's true <laughs> i'm like well okay <laughs> um, um yeah then there's sort of a whole fight where everybody's birds they realized at some point that the howlers have all of these rules of engagement that they really have to strictly follow, one of which is they can't harm any of the escort until they win. Um, mm-hmm. And they all start to fight as birds, and as usual, everyone almost dies. Uh, <laughs> and Jake does sort of uh, an insane maneuver um, where he tricks a howler into jumping off of the edge of this incredibly tall structure that is the escort homeworld and mm-hmm. then chases him falling as a bird as a peregrine falcon grabs him turns into a human while in free fall acquires the howler and then turns back into a bird before he smashes into the ground and it's like I, okay I have... <laughs> okay i think okay. you would hang around rachel too much bub two points of order both of them related. Mm. Um, one, uh, everyone almost dying also makes it extremely feel like a D and D campaign. Yeah. And to to that point, um, Jake has like five amazing roles in a row, basically oh my God. through Absolutely. this maneuver. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Um, like the yeah. DM is like, I guess you. I guess that's another role. Like, good yeah. luck. <laughs> um. Anyway, so they, uh, so he kind of, like, he, like, so the, the howler dies because, like, of the impact of it, uh, 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 
Jake turns back into a peregrine falcon and like reconvenes, I think. Yeah, he he sort um, of wanders aimlessly for a while and then Tobias finds him and is like, hey Jake, is that you or is it another peregrine falcon on this alien world? And Jake's like, haha, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> <laughs> Let the boy make jokes. <laughs> Let him make jokes. <laughs> Let him make jokes. And then they meet up and there's a smooch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Marco, my fucking son, my dipshit idiot son. So Cassie yeah, and Cassie Jake, and Jake kiss, kiss, and it's very sweet. And then Marco's like, "No kiss for me." It's like <laughs> three funny. seconds later. That's a good joke, Marco. That's a very yeah. good joke, Marco. Marco is that guy who is like, is like to his. Where's my hug? Like, Wouldn't it be so funny if we started making out right now? Um, I'm straight. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. He does a lot of like, in his like first couple years of college, does a lot of allying. That's like, oh yeah, I don't know, Jake. I think it would like really show those like uh, anti-gay protesters if we just like kissed in front of them, and like put it on our Instagram stories because it would like totally own them, you know? And they'd be like, ew, yeah. and we'd be like, doesn't even matter. <laughs> Jake's yeah. like, yeah, but, but I'm straight. <laughs> but I'm straight though. <laughs> oh i love him um yeah this was another moment where i started to really like the escort so they're in this like big warehouse that's full of like broken down carnival rides or something and mm-hmm. jake is like oh is this abandoned and guide is like no it's not abandoned the worker guild just refuses to work here until the guild of superstition and magic certifies that it's free of uh the spirits of fictional characters because it turns out that a lot of the quote-unquote simple folk believe that fictional characters are at least partially real and have spirits that are essentially poltergeists um which is amazing (laughs) And so they, the workers like don't want to go in because they think that the spirits of fictional characters are haunting the place. So the guild of superstition and magic has to be like, nope. The spirit, the spirit of Donkey Kong is haunting my bathroom, so I have to poop in yours. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like it's flavor a, text a, that does to nothing to like for the. It, it's flavor text that does nothing to further the plot, but it's there anyway, and I, I love know. it so it's much. It's so <laughs> funny. Yeah, I think that's why I loved it, because it, it like, they were already not going to have their final showdown in that warehouse. They had already decided to move, so it wasn't even, like, a reason for them to move. It was just put in there. <laughs> oh, it's, it's so, so good. good. And, um... I love, I love Axe picking up gestures from humans. He's described a couple times in this book as, like, shrugging and shaking his head, uh, which, can they turn their heads or no, Cavalgate? Okay, yeah, I thought the same thing. I was like, Cavalgate, what's the truth? Yeah. So what is the truth? What is the truth? And this is, they're, they're putting their plan together that involves basically using Axe as bait. And Jake is like, hey, bud. Uh, so the battle wasn't your fault. The howlers target big brains and you're big brain boy. So that's, that's, that's why you got hurt and you're going to be the bait and you don't have permission to get yourself killed, even if it's going to make you a big damn hero. Okay. <laughs> and Axe is like, <laughs> fine. <laughs> yeah. I love them. I love them. 
such a good dynamic. Yeah. It is. I love the moment when Axe's bait is working and all of the howlers are chasing him. And Tobias, who's being like the watch guard, says, direct, this is a direct quote, man, that boy can run. Like he sure fucking can. Hell yeah. He's got four legs. He's got four got legs. Four of them. And weak little arms. <laughs> yep. The Andalites are so stupid. The Andalites are so stupid and I love them. And uh, so-, also, uh, so hold on, I can I just can I just double back real quick because the, the Jake and Axe stuff is navigating my absolute favorite like relationship dynamic that i don't see very often and it's not a very common it's not a very common terminology so if you neither of you are familiar with this i will gladly explain it but it's the king and lionheart dynamic which i believe oh, is for sure. the of monsters and men song yeah no for sure but it's like but like reluctant you know which makes yes. it better it's ex- even it's an extremely oh. reluctant king and lionheart and it's very good did you just think mm-hmm. that maybe blair and i wouldn't know a shipping term listen i <laughs> listen i, I my phd in Bla- shipping sarah blair, blair, blair i want you to shut the fuck up i knew about this term before you did i very explicitly remember explaining this term to you very early on in your friendship and i asked you do you know what this is and you said no i don't please explain it I a thousand percent remember that. I don't have the logs. I don't have Skype anymore. But like, I do one thousand. percent I mean, I believe you. But that was before I got. I, that's before I spent eight years in school to get my PhD in shipping. And that's I have a PhD in shipping. Fair. Also, I was the one who called you out, and then you yelled at Blair. So I'm feeling high and mighty right now. <laughs> I will. Do- I will gladly take that. Your voices don't even sound similar. How did I fuck that up? <laughs> I <don't know>. um, <laughs> but I listen. I I reference so much shit that you guys have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. I kind of just feel the need to preface it now. No, like, you're. When I it's fair. Anything. No, it's fair, but also, um, <laughs> it's the it's the one degree I own, and it's my PhD in shipping. <laughs> Um, um, at this point, the, like, memory player things, like, the way that they see memories, um, if you're not an android who can download them, is that they have, like, memory players that are, like, headsets or something, mm-hmm. it seems like. And so, mm-hmm. the way that <laughs> the way that this plot comes together is a little wacky, but basically they realized that the Howlers have a shared memory like the entire species has one memory and Mm -hmm. the none of them have any memories of ever being defeated but they're all like that's not possible every race like every species gets defeated at least once and so they put together that the cryak has been destroying howlers that see defeat so that they don't have time to like spread their memories to the rest of them right so that they Mm -hmm. keep being strong and so mm-hmm. the way that they get defeated is that Jake gives them all of the memories of his human life. And so the Cryak destroys them so that none of the rest of the Howlers can understand what love is or whatever. Or understand that their enemies are also people or something like that. 
I think that is because they're because they're effectively children is what uh, is what uh, the animorphs learn because yeah. um, they 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 don't they live for three years they don't hit a maturity phase and then they die um, uh, just so they can like be like not have the emotional or moral wherewithal to understand what's act like they're actually doing you yeah. know yeah so um, so that's that's that thing um, but. Uh, so 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 this dude deletes all of like well not deletes he like kills these ones so that the memories don't get absorbed into the hive mind except yeah, for the st- one they straight where up, they straight up vanish i was like why yeah. i was like they're are the- undone from time <laughs> yeah and yeah um, one memory one uh, memory infects the howlers that's uh where uh <laughs> jake and uh cassie kiss um which uh <laughs> is you know what i'm okay with it (laughs) i just i love how it plays out in just the most classic way so jake basically acquires he goes into his howler morph and is like exploring the memory banks to see if anything got through before those howlers were destroyed and he's like too bad cryak one thing got through that you weren't expecting and the cryak's like what and jake says love <laughs> I love these books. It is, it is so, so much, but I love it. Um, and then, yeah. basically, the last we learn of the Howlers is that. Oh, I just now... sorry. I say to say to sorry to interrupt. But do you mind if we double back? Because I just realized that we kind of skipped over like a Eric moment that I really wanted to talk about, and I just realized, yeah, I for sure, it, like slip past. Sorry. So, like the part when like Jake realizes everything. And he, like, asks Eric, did you know? And Eric's like, not before. And Jake's just like, what the fuck? Why didn't you say anything? And then Eric, like, gets kind of, like, mad, I guess? Like, he expresses yeah, be- some very strong emotion. Well, yeah, because, like, they killed his, like... Yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm not, like, him. saying, like, it's weird of him to express that strong emotion. It's just, like, it's a stronger emotion than we normally see from Eric. Yeah, I love Roman. It was just a really impactful moment to me. No, you're totally right. Um, I actually thought the same thing, and I was like, hey, you've decided your, despite your programming, you have decided your own moral code, and I love you so much, basically. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so the one residual thing we have left over from uh, uh, the, the things is, is the kissy thing. And then we learn later that the Howlers, um, well, the, the ramifications of what they did is, like, twofold. Like, in, like, 300 years, which seems like way too little time for the progression of space travel, but that's fine. Um, uh, the, the Yerks will learn that, like, oh, there's another option. We can become symbiotic with another species by, like, traveling to this planet that didn't get killed out. Um, and then, additionally, um, the, the, the next planet that the Howlers are sent to, instead of attacking... The citizens of it they try to kiss them yep. which is good <laughs> i it's do good in fact love to it's see very it. silly <laughs> um and i think um that's everything opening the space for uh, either of you who want to bring up anything that i might have breezed over a little bit but i think that's uh, all the i things. mean J- jake's dream at the end but yeah Oh yeah, the, the, the guy does the guy come back and he's like, "One day I'll get you, you meddling kid." Essentially, no, um, no, no. The, the dream that Jake has at the end, where he's like having nightmares about that, and then he and then he's just like, "Well, I'm gonna try and dream about Cassie." And then like, no matter oh how much my god, yeah, I completely Cassie, forgot about this. 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He tries to dream about Cassie, but all he can see is the uh, the howler falling to its death, like underneath him. Can we get Jake some therapy, please? <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit, just some like little, just a little bit of therapy mm-hmm. would be great. Please. I'm begging. Oh my god. So, <laughs> that's the attack. That's the whole one. Um, I I love this book. Uh, way more than I thought I would have ex- usually would love a, such a combat heavy book. Yeah, and I that's, think that's what I, that's what I told Seda. Like when Seda was like, "Hey, I have I haven't read this book, and we were supposed to record in about fifteen minutes." And I was like, "Don't worry, it's a combat heavy book. You should be able to breeze through it." And like, I... it is combat heavy, but like it's still like way better than any of the other, like you said, way better than any of the other combat book. Any of the uh, any of the other combat focused books. God, I. The, like, I've been completely in a stupor for the last, like, three podcasts I've recorded. Like, completely out of it. And it's been just, like, some of the worst fucking work I've ever turned in. And, like, now I'm, like, I'm fully here. I'm back. I'm back on the horse. And, like, my bo- my mouth and my body are just, like, completely betraying me. My brain is here. My body is not. Yeah. You're getting too I excited guess I about it. <laughs> I didn't think about it as that combat heavy. I think because the combat was all, like, actually good and plot forwarding yeah uh, and also qu- quite brief like it was pretty like yeah. it was heavy and so far there was like it was spread out throughout the book but all of this all of the combat was like um like a handful of pages if that you know i am um, i'm really grateful that this one was a mainline book and not like a special edition because it's mm-hmm. already pretty close to one of those ones that's just like a constant slog because they're constantly on the run um mm-hmm. and because they hole up in like five different locations over the course of two mm-hmm. days and if mm-hmm. it had been a longer book i think that it would have approached um some like those difficult like the books that get difficult you know the- yeah no <laughs> i totally know i totally get what you mean yeah um like it it's uh because it only had like a what like 150 pages to really sit in itself um it, it everything the pace was a lot more effective than if it had more run more room to just like live in the whole like running away constantly because you yeah. know that's you know but it's but it, it's got yeah everything it's it sprints you know it, mm-hmm. it doesn't wait around so yeah uh, uh in, in short in short our, our expert diagnosis is that we diagnosed this book with good yeah, yeah I, I don't think it's one of my favorites, but no. I did enjoy it. Yeah, 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 I had a, I I saw a tiger on the cover, and I was like, oh, I know I'm in for some good shit. It's weird that they, <laughs> it's weird that of all books, they decided this was a tiger book. Yeah, like all that happens when Jake is a tiger in this book is that like he gets the sh- he gets his shit rocked immediately. Yeah, <laughs> but I guess that they didn't want to put the howler on the cover i mean they've done that before though like spoiled like a big like on the book where Tobias but they've done it for megamorphs human... books you know they, well, i no, don't no, think no, they've like, done on... it from mainland yes books. they have blair on the book where tobias gets his gets his human body back there is it's it's a bird morphing into a person oh i was talking about just like straight up putting an alien on the book yeah oh. uh, yeah not talking spoilers i, mean... I think because the only aliens we've seen are the andalites right no right. we've seen hork on a cover 
Did we? But on a but on a Horkbizier Chronicles, like a like oh, a. Oh yeah. Not, I don't believe so. I think there was an. I think there was a. I might be thinking of a future book cover that we haven't gotten to yet. Let me go to Richard. Let me go to Richard real quick. I think there have been Horkbiziers in like the the paper foldouts, which we don't see because we are doing this digitally because we're millennials. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about a book that we haven't done yet. Uh, yeah, this this book is coming in about uh, in about six or seven more books. We'll get to the one I'm talking about interesting um but yeah so but um i I, you know what i'm not not disappointed about seeing a tiger so i think i'm okay Mm -hmm. with it (laughs) yeah um yeah so let's uh let's dive headlong into some questions that we got um the the, the one we have the one we have which i think is actually a really good question um uh twitter user at heavenly evan asks how does it feel uh how does it feel to be on the last non-ghost written book for a while um and, Not good. You know, I I was I mean, thinking about it while I was uh, reading this book. I was like, I, I couldn't remember if this was a ghost written one or not. But I'm glad to hear that it wasn't because I was like, um, I like all this like this mainline Capelgate universe lore. Like we don't get the same world building like we would in a different sort of like sci-fi fantasy book. But yeah. it's like I mean, the we'll little have, bits we'll have... of like. Oh, this is what hap- what's happening in the galaxy, and these just little snippets are just always yeah. super good for me. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's gonna have to be like it's kind of we don't really have much of a thing to compare it against because she's written, I think, everything that we've read thus far. I don't know if she wrote all of the Megamorphs. And, I think she wrote all the Megamorphs, but I don't know if she wrote the. Well, she would have written the Chronicles too because she, right. she's the lore master. But like, from so here, I guess from we'll. Here, We'll see next no, week. I think I'm not. Yeah, I'm not worried, <laughs> like at all. Me neither. Because I yeah. like ghostwriters. I'm, I'm interested. Were, I like, guess really fucking good at their job. So right. Like I and like she and her husband, right? Still retained like creative control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they'll they'll probably still have like a hand in it. So I can't imagine it'll change too much. But there will probably be some like small stuff that will be like we'll be missing a little bit. I, I am curious, mostly, you know, I'm not yeah. dreading it or anything, but I'm just yeah. curious what it, if it's going to feel different or if I'm just going to think it's going to feel different. Well, but either way, thing. I think like, I'm going to be satisfied. You could have told me <laughs> that the ghostwriting started any number of books ago and I would have gone like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So I truly, right. I truly don't believe that I have any ability to, <laughs> to figure it to out. To say if it's good or not or yeah. be able to tell. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's legit. Yeah, I think you're legit. We'll see uh, in a week or two. <laughs> yeah, um, we will find out. Do, do you mind? If, do you mind if I announce the thing that we've been talking about uh, on the air real quick because it's coming up soon and I want to generate some hype for it. What's the thing? The guest spot. Oh fuck! Yeah, I totally. Forgot. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I just wanted to mention that um, in a couple of weeks. Uh, I set, I ironed out like a flat date. We'll tweet it once I look it up, but like, uh, in the next couple of weeks, we will be doing a bonus episode with the two hosts of the podcast, setting the record queer, uh, friends of mine, uh, Alexis and Kaylee, potentially better known as the speedrunners of Proto Magical Girl and Witches Hex. But, um, we're doing a crossover event where they come over to watch an episode of the TV show with us and Longtime listeners will remember that they had a very brief cameo in the uh, the live episode that Seda and I did. And by brief cameo, I mean they were silently there the entire time and spoke up three times. So this is not unprecedented. <laughs> um, but uh, they'll be coming onto our podcast, and I will be guesting on theirs. 
Um, you should go listen to Setting the Record Queer, by the way. Uh, it's a podcast about, like, queer people talking about the communities and the passions that they have. Like, the most recent episode is uh, the composer uh, Lena... Lena Rain, uh, who you may know as one of the composers on, uh, as the composer for Celeste, among with a bunch of other things, um, they've got like they've had like a whole slew of like really really interesting people. It's a great podcast. Um, they're going to be on in a couple of weeks. We're going to be talking about the TV show, well, an episode of the TV show, uh, not the books, just to be clear. Um, but yeah, so look forward to that. Yeah, it's exciting times we live in. I'm um, if you want to. Support the show. You can do so uh, patreon.com forward slash fearbaiting, which supports this show and also our sister podcast, Fearbaiting, where we talk about horror movies. Um, mm-hmm. uh, $1 a month gets you early access to episodes sometimes. Uh, $5 a month uh, gives you the ability to uh, uh, put a message on the show and also gets your name shouted out in the credits. And uh, $10 a month is for our, just our, for our uh, fearbaiting Maybe we should do something. We'll think of something for for uh, the Wonder Yerks. Uh, you get to uh, tell a movie that we get to watch. Just be like, hey, do this one. And we'll be like, okay, um, because you give us money. Thank you very much to uh, Kit Spindler, Paul Moran, Michael Kaiser, Paul Bechtel, and Sophie. We love you. Um, we love you all. If you want to contact the show, you can do so at the, the Wonder Yerks on Twitter. Um, yeah, that's us. scream at us on Twitter like everyone else does. <laughs> If you want to find me online, you can do so at uh, BlurKitch on t- Twitter or BlurKitch.tumblr.com. Uh, if you want to find me, I'm at SunHatJania pretty much everywhere uh, on Mastodon. I'm, I'm SunHatJania at Snouts.online. Uh, you know, Twitter is SunHatJania. Z-H-E-N-Y-A. Uh, yeah. And I'm on Twitter at nudity with an E-A instead of a Y. You can check out my other podcast where I solve little problems with song at Musical Mole on Twitter. And you can find my other music at gaygothvibes.online or probably by the time you hear this, it's starting to be up on Spotify. <laughs> yeah, super cool. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's only about a thousand really stupid hoops that you have to jump through to do it. Um. You're fighting the good fight, Seda. It's it's for fan mixes everywhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening. We will see you again in two weeks. Um, yep, that's about right. That's the math. Uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, but until then, uh, I have been Blair. I will continue to be Sarah. I'm Seda. Yeah, <laughs> always and forever. And, and until next time... Keep your hand uh, on the escalator device. I don't. Do we do it in tandem? I don't ever know. <laughs> 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 <laughs>